Welcome to Zero Knowledge. I'm your host, Anna Rose. In this podcast, we will be exploring the latest in zero knowledge research and the decentralized web, as well as new paradigms that promise to change the way we interact and transact online. This week, I catch up with Guillermo, my sometimes co-host, and Nico from Geometry. This is Nico's first time on the show, and so we started off with a little bit of backstory of how he moved from music to cryptography and chat about the research he's been doing. We then chat about some of Guillermo's work, which is about cleaning up and formalizing concepts in ZK, as well as share some news, insights from the ZK hack, and generally check in on the state of the ecosystem. This is recorded right in the middle of the ZK Hack and ZK Summit events, both of which were amazing, by the way. And so we were all a little bit tired and decided to do this episode more as a casual one. But yeah, hope you like it. Now, before we kick off, I do want to direct you to the ZK Jobs Board. There you'll find jobs from top teams working in ZK. If you're looking for your next opportunity, be sure to check it out. And if you're a team looking to find great talent, please be sure to add your jobs there as well. I've added the link in the show notes. Now, Tanya will share a little bit about this week's sponsor. Anoma's first fractal instance, Namada, is launching soon. Namada is a proof-of-stake L1 for interchain asset-agnostic privacy. Namada natively interoperates with fast finality chains via IBC and with Ethereum via a trustless two-way bridge. For privacy, Namada deploys an upgraded version of the multi-asset shielded pool circuit, otherwise known as MASP which allows all assets, fungible and non-fungible, to share a common shielded set. This removes the size limits of the anonymity set and provides the best privacy guarantees possible for every user in the multi-chain. The MASP circuit's latest update enables shielded set rewards directly in the shielded set, a novel feature that funds privacy as a public good. Follow Namada on Twitter, at Namada, to learn more, and join their community on Discord, discord.gg forward slash Namada. So thanks again, Anoma. And now, here's our episode. So I'm here with Guillermo, who our audience knows, and Nico, who our audience might not yet know. Um, and we are recording this the day after ZK Hack and the day before ZK Summit. So we are currently in the thick of the Lisbon ZK events that we are doing this April. I mean, I'm thinking as a kickoff to this one, it would be really cool to talk to Nico, actually, introduce him a little bit to our audience. And yeah, just sort of a heads up to the audience, we are all very tired because ZK Hack was fun but a lot of work. And uh, yeah, so bear with us. But I think we actually have some cool stuff to talk about. We're going to do a little review of ZK Hack. We're going to talk about some new research that's coming out. All right, let's kick off with Nico. Nico, you're a researcher, cryptographer at Geometry. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so I work on um, mostly zero-knowledge proofs, but also usually privacy-enabling technologies. So stuff like threshold signatures, threshold like schemes. Uh, tiny, tiny bit of MPC, but not that much more. Mm -mm. And yeah, that's kind of the plan. Nice. And I heard you were in a band. Uh, yeah. I, I believe it's uh, HMLTD. Yep. And it, it feels like this is like um, there's someone else, there's another famous cryptographer, Matthew Green, right? Is like yeah. also like this like in your musician. Band? No. no, not in the band, but I think it's a musician turned cryptographer also, or like musical engineer. But it, okay, yeah, what is yeah. the story there? Also, like, is that part of the pipeline to you? So, getting yeah, the story into ZK? there seems is uh, music is the new segue into ZK, right? Like, this is it. Um, no, it's funny. I was listening to another episode of ZK podcast, the one with Matthew Green recently. And he sort of says like, yeah, I started out as a 
I think in music technology, oh, cool, like cool. DRM, and from there yes. went to privacy. <laughs> and so I, it was a funny parallel because like I studied engineering originally, forgot about it for a while, did music full time for two three years, did the whole like record label thing, touring, releasing an the album, full deal. Yeah, the full thing. And, and, and sorry, what, what instrument do you play again? Uh, I play bass. Ah, yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I usually hide in the back of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so did that for a while, touring, and eventually COVID hits. Oh. So there's no more touring, right? Okay. We had just released an album. Um, luckily enough, COVID we are... turned you towards cryptography then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Um, sort of helped me, yeah, I guess focus. So I was already sort of doing music and cryptography at the same time. Okay, okay. Started doing them together. Sort of like taking exams and then taking the train straight on to stage, like in Liverpool, to then play a show and then back to London. Like wow. it was what? It was yeah, yeah. It was a bit like crazy for like a week or two. I was like, can I actually do this? And then COVID hit. Oh. which sort of like simplified everything. And I was like ZK all the way, kind of. Cool. So this is 2020 where you're you're working in and with cryptography, but did you actually, were you like already working in ZK? It was not specifically like zero-knowledge proofs, but it was like privacy technologies. I see, okay. So this was like, I was working on a threshold scheme with like Philip Jovanovich actually. Who's oh, cool, cool. ZK validator. Nice. Yeah. My co-founder. Yeah. Tell us a little bit maybe about that. Like what was... What were the exact topics or yeah, parts of the privacy stack? What were you trying to solve? Mm-hmm. So we were looking at a project. So let's say you sign up to Signal, Telegram, WhatsApp, whatever. You want to know like which ones of your contacts are also using that app. Right now, what WhatsApp and like Telegram do is you upload all your contacts to them. Mm. <laughs> like they, they get to store them and they get to see like who's friends with who, essentially. Uh, Signal also requires your contacts, mm. but they supposedly treat them like in an oblivious manner on trusted hardware and like delete everything afterwards. But there's still like this trust assumption. And so the question is, can we do the same thing of like contact discovery, finding who your contacts are without ever having to upload your contacts and without having to like broadcast, hey, I'm using Signal. Okay. I wonder now, like the music part, I mean, you, what you were actually doing is playing music. You weren't like mm-hmm. studying musical no, no, form, no, no, no. but <laughs> did you, like, had you looked at that? Like, had you s- looked at like fast Fourier transformations in the music context or anything like that? So funny enough, yes, but not through music itself, just because I had like, I was doing an electrical engineering degree before mm. that. Mm. I see. Okay. A fellow um, logical engineer, always fun. Hi, fellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's funny how like, I had to study these things and did signal processing and I was doing it like, oh yeah, music, fun. Forgot about them. Get into ZK and suddenly like they pop up again. Like, yeah. like oh, oh, FFTs are back? Like what's going yeah. on here? Oh, um, neat. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So that project you were talking about, this like sort of, mm-hmm. you were kind of telling us a bit about that. This is, was that your like thesis at the time? Yeah, or? that was okay. like my okay. master's, I don't know if they call it thesis, dissertation in the UK, like whatever. The yeah. thing you were working on. Yeah, which I'm still working on today. We're kind of writing it into like a proper paper this time. Okay. And sort of building it uh, with some people at uh, Meisten onto like a proper like distributed system and actually like trying it out. Ah, nice. And so, okay, fine. We, you know, you've given us the spiel, but yeah, like what, what, what does it do? Like, how does it work? How does it work? Um, so it's based on what we call identity-based encryption. Mm-hmm. So we use your phone number as a public key. And we can derive a private key that corresponds to it. So usually these schemes like traditionally use a central like trusted party that emits all these keys and you kind of trust that it's not going to like use your keys to impersonate you. Mm-hmm. Not desirable in our case. But what we can do is like distribute that party and say like, okay, this one trusted party is now a set of like thousands of parties. And as long as 
a third of them are behaving honestly, your identity is not compromised. Here's a very dumb question from a non-cryptographer is how do you like derive a private key from a public key? Like like normally, right? These schemes, what you do is you like put in some randomness yeah. and then you get out a private public key pair and then you keep the private part private and the public part public. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, you know, is, is there a simple version of this? Like there is, for a- yeah, very simple. Uh, you s- simply sign the public key. Okay. And right. then, so, and the- so the signature on the public key is now unique because the trusted third party has emitted it. That's right. And you can use that in some encryption scheme afterwards. I don't really understand what you just, when you said it signs on it. What Literally you- a, a BLS signature. Like, in the same way that, um, I think... Validators on Ethereum use BLS signatures, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's like, I can just verify that the only way that this will like check will pass is like assuming you have your own signature and no one else has like stolen your key. Like you're the only one that could have signed it in the first place. So but it guarantees. signing on, it's literally the way you just said it, that you sign on the public key? So no, I, <laughs> I'll sign your phone number. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if I'm the trusted party, I sign your phone number and you can now use the signature as your private key. Okay. Um, we obviously have to do this in a way that you and I are the only people who see the signature because if you reveal it, you've mm-hmm. now revealed your private key. Uh, so that's part of the protocol. Like, how do we do this? And how do we do this in a distributed manner where I am no longer a single trusted party? I'm like one of the many people who can issue like a partial signature hmm. and you're going to have to collect enough of them hmm. to reconstruct your private This is key. still like very magical. So like, how does this like work? So, right, like, uh, fine. I now have a signed version with some mm-hmm. unknown key that hopefully no one else knows. It's like some toxic waste. Yeah. Um, and I now have a signed version of my phone number. How can I use that as like a private key yeah. that someone else can then like encrypt something with the public key and then send it to me. And then I can, I'm the only person who can decrypt. Like I, I yeah. yeah, like there's, you know, I now have a thing that is yeah. like unique to me, which is fine. And it's somehow mapped to my phone number. How can I use that? So without going too far in the details, you do a sort of key exchange where I use my signature like my private key mm-hmm. and your public key to derive a shared secret between you and I, you can do the same thing with your private key and my public key. Ah, okay. And then we can use the shared secret for um, like a symmetric encryption channel. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Mm. Okay. Okay. Got it's it, got it. based on pairings essentially. Like I love just just a note to I know I sort of just mentioned this that we're between ZK Hack and ZK Summit. Like you have two very tired people here. Thank you for explaining it in more detail. <laughs> also, I haven't looked at this in a while, so like, hopefully Three, this is I not just, nonsensical. Yeah, like I mean, like yeah. I'm, I'm also just like totally fucked up explaining like you know basic cryptographic thing, which is signatures like three seconds ago. So honestly, like who the fuck knows? But, so I, one thing I want to talk about later in this episode is Sangria, the work mm-hmm. you recently released, and you're actually going to be giving a talk about it at yep. the ZE Summit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, before that, I thought it might actually be fun to tell it like, or to sort of set the stage a little bit for even this conversation, if you're down. I want to do a little bit yeah. of a look back over what has just happened this weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we had ZK Hack yeah. Lisbon. So ZK Hack, you know, it's been around for a while. We've been doing these online events. We did do two in-person parties, but this was the first time we tried to do an in-person ZK Hack, and we did it in the form of a hackathon. This was actually the first time we did a ZK-focused hackathon. I know of ZK projects being hacked at other hackathons for a while, but I think this might be one of the first actual fixed you know focused hackathons hackathons focused specifically on 
Just ZK, no, like tooling and shit. That's right? exactly what yeah, I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you know what I really need? Like some sort of AI that just speaks for me. That would like help me speak better Lucky right now. Lucky for you. Wow. I think it might. If you, if it might you, exist. That's oh right. my God. It might not only exist, it might be a topic of conversation it, today. We are also going to be talking a little oh, bit about yeah. ZKPod.ai. But yeah, let's <laughs> let's stick to the ZK Hack ZK Lisbon. Hack, yeah. mm-hmm. So this was weekend event. We went Friday to Sunday. We ended up with 33 projects submitted, which I was so excited about. I was yeah. very worried that like tooling just wouldn't be there and people would give up, but they didn't. They really pushed through and they built things. <laughs> were you worried that you were going to get like two submissions or something? A little. Like, oh, I, I, I mean, my, it's so wild because I really wanted to do this hackathon two years ago. Uh-huh. And now I think like, wow, it is so good. We did not try it because, so we yeah. did get 33 submissions, but tooling was still very hard. Right. Yeah. Even right. today, I, like over the weekend, a lot of people were asking about the tooling. And yes. I think, I don't know if it was the same for you and your experience judging, but like I've seen a lot of projects that were using risk zero just mm-hmm. because that was kind of a way to abstract away the ZK part, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can, mm-hmm. people can work with the tools they know and then plug it into risk zero. Yeah. I think, I mean, I also, I heard a lot of hackers would have started on one toolkit, one mm. language, yep. and actually given up because Whoa, something wasn't really? quite ready or they weren't able to get it w- working fast enough, so they would switch. Yeah, and so just picture, like, you have 48 hours yeah. and yeah. you've decided halfway through to switch to a new language you don't know. So it's it's hard out right. there. But I was so impressed that people put things together, got things submitted in time, and the I mean, quality we're gonna, of the stuff we saw over a weekend was insane, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, some it of was, this output is crazy. It, it's frankly at the same time as I was, I was trying to write my slides for ZK Summit, right? <laughs> in the time that it took them to come up with a whole project, like deploy, like a live demo, like write a full report, yeah. slides, everything. For a project that they barely started, I couldn't make slides for a project that I know in and out. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's, it's pretty impressive what they've done. That's yeah. crazy. I, I was also on the same boat, except uh, I started my slides uh, today at seven in the morning to try to get them in by <laughs> noon, which apparently was the hard set deadline. This is the deadline. It's yeah, today. Yeah. Yes. That's been set, except it was apparently all no, a lie. No, no, it's learning. not a lie. It's uh-huh. real. It's real. I mean, we need them by tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, we're already cutting it a little close. <laughs> but um, anyway, so sorry. Okay. So you helped work on, or like, I know you were thanked, Nico, yeah, about yeah. one of the connection points. This was like, so what we saw were there were a few teams that really did ambitious tooling as mm-hmm. part of the hackathon. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about maybe the one you worked on or so, helped with. Yeah, this is funny. This was like in conversation with Gerster from Polygon Maiden. Like, we were just talking, she was saying like, oh, I've been wanting to write this ZK Mafia game for the longest time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> but yeah, but she's been very busy, right? So she was like, all right, once we reach some stage of... Uh, development, I can finally play the game, like develop the game. <laughs> and we were telling about this and like Gavin, who's like also a builder from London, picked up on it. He was like, great, I'm down. Like, oh, Nico, you have this um, shuffling library. Can we use that for ZK Mafia? So we started riffing off of it. And suddenly we realized all they needed to do was implement Algabal encryption in Maiden assembly. Oh. Like they had everything else sort of ready for them and they just needed that. Originally, they were like, let's do the whole game. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, quickly enough, they're like, all right, no, no, no. We're just going to contribute to the standard library. And like, yeah. hopefully we can pick up from there next time. Amazing. So, And that's that's what we actually saw is like people adding real tooling, real, yeah. you know, libraries. And I know there was another team, Poseidon 2. Mm-hmm. I actually got to see them. And they started recreating Poseidon in all of the different, I want to say... 
DSLs, but it's almost like like they brought Poseidon two to Maiden. They brought yeah. Poseidon two to like a few different things. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's cool. But also that's... Poseidon two is like super recent, right? It's like this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. new version of the paper that came out like a month ago. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so yeah, these it, it's funny Fair what rate. we learned from doing this hackathon was like we had just done a single pool like winner, you yep. know, top three hackers choice. But now I know that for for any future hackathon, what I really want to do is have a track for mm-hmm. tools and actually have prizes just for that because that is so valuable. Yeah. But it's hard to like how do you how do you <laughs> kind of like judge here's an application things, yeah. which you can kind of use or here's like this yeah. like, you know, exciting shiny thing and then here's this really important but like deep in the weeds yep. library yeah. that we made. So I guess this is where like the bounties kind of helped. Yeah. And yeah. I think these projects were also enabled because people knew like, all right, even if I don't go for something nice and flashy and shiny, like there is something like light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Yeah. There is a carrot. <laughs> There's something. Yeah. There's more than an honorable mention chewing glass, yeah. which is what we had so far. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just listed those honorable mentions, but there's, I'm going to say a little bit about these winners. Hmm. Um, we had a general honorable Honorable mentions list. I'll say who the teams were. There was a Stark site, ZKDTP, yep. Zyklun, Sismord, and ZK Wordle. Uh, I'll also, by the way, add a link to all of these projects if people want to kind of check out what all of them did. And then our top three, uh, ZK Safe was third, ZK P2P was second, and this project Z- Zero Gravity, which was a ZKML primitive, basically mm-hmm. was our number one winner. And it was so cool to see. Like we, as an audience, actually got to see the top three give presentations. Mm-hmm. Another thing and I learned: live demos, yeah, yeah live demos in ZK. <laughs> what the hell? So this was like actually seeing three of them on the main. I yeah. was like, I think next time we should also uh, like have more presentations yeah. for mm-hmm. everyone because that was so compelling. I do want to also shout out though: Hackers Choice, Fruity Friends. This was like a ZK social <laughs> thing. They were. This was a voting that we did after kind yep. of the judging had had happened, and uh, they came in first on Hackers Choice when the snapshot was taken. But I do want to do a little shout out to Zero Trace, who was also a very close second, mm. and apparently like took over them while I was on stage or like tied them. But anyway, so yeah, both both of those teams seemed to be crowd favorites at the time. Yeah, I wonder if is there anything else that we should talk about ZK Hack Lisbon? Any any other like takeaways? To be extremely fair, like zero knowledge as like a field that is not just pure theory hasn't really existed for that long. Yeah. And kind of, you know, I get what is like the first really useful implementation of some of this stuff? Like maybe 2016, maybe 2016, maybe, mm-hmm. but more like 2018, you know, we're four or five years in and now people are giving live demos where yeah. like, sure, fine. The live demos involve like you pressing enter and waiting for some AWS server somewhere in like, you know, US East one to like paying you back with the result but but like you can do it and it's like a live it's a real live demo that you can like check which is sick yeah. I, I don't know I, I think it's pretty far for five years i think very few tools or systems that i know are like kind of grow that quickly mm. um the other thing i was very surprised like how up to date with like the the most recent stuff the whole community is oh, yeah like oh, yeah. the zkml stuff was forefront kind of like this yes. is very very cool the um, second prize as well like they're using the ZK email proof, which is, I think, a library that was posted like a few months ago. You know, wow. so it's it's all very, very recent and people are already like iterating over these things. And it's, yeah, really awesome to see. Yeah. that The ZKML, the top prize, yeah. 
They had done, what was it? It was like, they talked about the challenge of doing ZKPs and cryptography plus ML because mm-hmm. of different kinds of math yes. that each of them use. And then they had found, which direction was it? In the literature, they went back in time in ML and found oh. some type of math that had been used long ago that could fit better yeah. when combined with exactly. cryptography. What was it again? Do you remember? So weightless neural networks, I think, is the name. Yeah. I don't know. You go for it if you no, want. No, there was like it. moving point. At, wasn't there oh, something about so that? So floating point arithmetic. Yes. Like so, the issue is usually when you have like your your regular like neural networks, you have all these like floating point numbers, so like one point two five six something, like, uh, you know, yeah. all these commas, mm-hmm. and <gasps> all our snarks we work with finite fields, and those are like fixed numbers, and we can't deal with those commas. Or not very naturally, at least. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a big overhead in the computation of your snark. So by using these weightless neural networks, like you no longer have to deal with this floating point arithmetic. And actually, you can do this very naturally with lookup tables. Do those weightless ones use finite fields then? Or it just works well in systems that do? I think the latter. Like, okay. works yeah. where I'm, like I don't know these, finite, these uh, weightless neural networks at all. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is a discovery for me as well, right? Uh, I think it's just that, yeah, it, it translates more naturally. Cool. Well, yeah, well, a big shout out to all the winners. Mm. And as mentioned, we're going to add a link so you can check out these projects in more detail. Yeah, so let's, I mean, we can talk really briefly about looking forward. Tomorrow we have ZK Summit. <laughs> yeah. oh, are God. you, you're both talking. We and are. Guillermo and I are hosting the main stage. Oh, yeah. So right. That'll be fun. <laughs> we have a huge day ahead of us. Oh, my God. Um, I but apologize I'm, in advance, Anna. Oh, well. That's yeah, fine. Don't apologize to me. <laughs> apologize to the audience. Oh, you're an amazing co-host on stages. Oh. We did ZK8, and I think it was that was such that was a really success. fun. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what else is going on? I'm just thinking in the ZK world. I don't know when this is going to air. Right now, we're recording this on April 3rd. Um, we heard on April 1st that Plonk isn't real. That was a, that was a good <laughs> Plonk isn't real. It's not yeah, real. Plonk isn't real. It was it made up. Two yep. sociology. PhD students from UCL <laughs> seeing how far they could get with a fake cryptography primitive. Yeah. yeah. I, I worry that this is going to air so long after April Fool's that people will like, just believe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one, though. That was Zach from Aztecs. That was, that was great. Probably the best April Fool's tweet I'd seen. I did have to do a double take on it because like the way it's worded, it's very much like I'm very sorry to have to yeah. announce this. I'm yeah, very sorry it looks to like you. there might yeah. be a bug or yeah. there might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, but <laughs> that, that was a great one. I liked that. Yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about projects maybe that are going on in our worlds right now? Guillermo, you've tweeted oh, a no. few things that like hint at some sort of like ZK work. Oh, no. Tell us <laughs> what is happening. Well, I guess I'll start with a disclaimer that I have no idea about anything about ZK. I've just, okay. I'm a, I've been LARPing the whole time. Yes. Uh, same with cryptography. I also have no fucking clue about any of it. Mm. But on the other hand, um, <laughs> the high level idea is the very small amount of ZK literature I've looked at which happens to be negligibly small. It, it turns out it has like this fun little structure, which is, so, you know, like in ZK, for the most part, we deal with like polynomials and polynomial expressions and like a bunch of things that like relate to these things. Uh, but it turns out like most of the kind of like techniques that are used with polynomials, like equally, like apply equally well to these more general concepts called like, like codes, like error correcting codes. It's kind of weird to make this jump, but the point is like, a polynomial, you can think about it as like a certain kind of error correcting code where your message is like the coefficients of the polynomial 
And like your error correcting code is like the polynomial evaluated over every single point in the field. Uh, it has a bunch of nice properties. So, you know, the easiest one being something like if, a if I give you a non-zero polynomial, um, all you need to do is you don't have to check that the whole thing is not zero. You just have to check like one point. Mm -hmm. And with high probability, if that evaluation is like zero, then the whole thing must have been zero in the first place. And that gives you a converse that says. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. Nico, Didn't <laughs> we were covering this in our like uh, whiteboard sessions study groups, weren't we? Kind of. So we were covering it from the polynomial side of things. Okay. Right? And we were describing it as polynomials. This is like a different way of describing the same thing. Interesting. Um, but obviously with different ways of describing things, you have different perspectives and maybe some things are easier to think about, it's better intuition, easier to prove. So Cool. Yeah, might be interesting. It's, it's kind of funny because uh, Nico and I, I feel, I feel bad. I like lectured, or we had a, we had a long chat, which was mostly me <laughs> ranting for like Ooh. forty-five minutes. Not ranting, just chatting about things, uh, about these, these things. But anyways, the point is, the polynomial part sometimes turns out to be very important, but generally, it's actually kind of secondary to this like fact that you have like a, a specific code that has a certain property. Uh, which is called like a large distance or something, you know. So that's one one such case, like this polynomial zero checks what it's called. But you could imagine there's like a bunch of other kind of normal things we do, like folding schemes, where you like fold over a bunch of, like you know, you have you have you want to check a property over a big, a bunch a set of a bunch of like objects. And what you can do is instead of checking every individual object, you can like kind of smash them together hmm. and then check it over that like smashed together object. Uh, that reduces a lot of work. Oh, right? yeah. Um, but the point is like fundamentally what you're doing is you're not like these these aren't like properties of polynomials or properties of like these objects that are like linear. In other words, you can kind of add them together uh, and multiply them together or m multiply them by like fixed numbers and then add them together. And then you kind of say like, okay, um, if every single object in my list satisfies a certain property, right, that happens only when kind of a smashed like together object, uh, like satisfies the same property. Ah. Um, and this turns out to be true for like, not just, you know, things like polynomials, but it turns out to be true for like a very generic class of objects that happen to be just, you know, what are called like linear correcting codes. Hmm. Um, so anyways, that's, that's the high level take. Uh, you know, I guess What's we'll the, what are, is the work, the fact that you've, you're describing this thing? Like how, what is the paper? So the paper itself does to, you know, these kinds of papers are, are weird because fundamentally, they don't say anything, right? That we don't. <laughs> they know. say nothing. <laughs> they okay. say nothing okay. in the sense of like, like <laughs> nothing new. Yeah, like so. So it's it's new, uh, but it, it's another perspective of looking at kind of the same object, ah, okay. and it, it it suggests there might be techniques that could be used. Exactly, it suggests yeah. that there are like you know what we're looking at is something a little bit more general mm -hmm. than like the current thing that we're actually seeing, right? So so you know you, you can think about like the current space as like this like little sphere somewhere in like, you know, in front of your face. In reality, like the same stuff that we look at for this like little sphere, like actually applies to like a much broader set of objects. Mm. Um, and so this suggests like kind of interesting things, like maybe polynomials are, are kind of difficult to deal with for some reasons. So one of them is, you know, when you use properties of polynomials, you often have to take Fourier transforms uh, of like things, right, of these like objects. Um, and you want to avoid that for like computational reasons or for like any other number of reasons. So this suggests that there like might be other things that we can use that satisfy kind of the same properties that we expect of polynomials. But instead of using polynomials, we can use something that might be easier, oh, cleaner, wow. simpler. Not always, mm. but sometimes. Cool. So this is like this. It's a paper that does a lot of 
I like I love I lovingly call it janitorial work. Yeah. Of like yeah. taking a bunch of like things that look very different, cleaning it up a little bit, and then putting it all in one kind of cohesive framework cool. that lets you like sit down yeah. and like study it, you know, and then it all fits in the same kind of like little category. I mean, those are super important, right? Because like so today you go on any like <laughs> no, I'm serious, you go on any like zero knowledge like snark course and the first thing you'll see is oh a snark is a polynomial iop with a polynomial commitment scheme <laughs> that sounds super simple but it took us a while to get there right. and to get that abstraction right and wow. to make it work once we had it people could start reasoning about like oh let me replace this kzg with yes. fry and okay. start doing like super interesting things but until you have the janitorial work, work like yeah you can't think properly about these was things. it originally like because the first zero knowledge pr first snarks they were produced as one that's solid right. that's block right. that's right and exactly. it was to try like how did they tease that out actually the two even <laughs> a so lot of sorry. this kind of work it's exactly Kiesa this kind of work i'm not maybe? sure who, okay i think the uh interactive oracle proof paper the first one is probably kiesa mm -hmm. i'm not sure maybe ben sasson i'm not Entirely sure. Okay, okay. But it is this kind of janitorial work, right? Like you yeah. go in, you notice patterns, uh, you sort of separate things and you say, all right, this falls within my pattern. But if we look at the pattern itself, can we come up with something else? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I call it also janitorial work because in a lot of ways it's, um, it's kind of funny because it's a little thankless, right? Like these are, so, I mean, some people get it, but for the most part, they're like folk theorems. They're theorems or they're things that people kind of know. And when you tell them to them, it's very obvious. You're like, oh, yes, of course, that must be true. Mm. Um, but some people, unfortunately, equate that to being, like, true and therefore easy as opposed to, like, mm. like oh, like, this is a nice abstraction. So, anyway, so this is a, I have yeah, a whole yeah, long yeah. rant like on this. You're, like, the base player of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Just like, sat in the back. It looks simple what you're doing, but if you don't do it, it'll crumble. Yeah, it's weird, right? So, well, thank you. That's far, far too kind. I think I think it's uh, much lower in the totem pole than that, but... The drummer, no. Yeah, yeah Actually, exactly. the drummer's pretty good. Yeah, pretty important. Drummer pretty important. gets to make a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Triangle player. I'm yeah, like, the percussion. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the, the, <laughs> the, like, you know, whatever, the people who, like, spend their time, like, lighting. putting the... Yeah, the, not even, but not even the lighting. It's the rigging. I'm, I'm <laughs> the, the rigger. You're the rig guy. I'm the rigger. <laughs> That's what I am. Nice. All I do is rigging. Guillermo, this actually, a lot of your work does this kind of thing, though. I feel like I've heard you talk about like, formalizing <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> so you're just always the rigger everywhere? I am always the rigger. It's, there's something, I don't know, there's Poor something. People, like, rigger's probably a hard job, actually. It is. No, it's really know. hard. But I'm, I'm just saying it's thankless, right? So like, yeah. no one is like. Rigged the whole space. Yeah, exactly. That's the secret. That's how you know. This is why, uh, you know, these weird things are actually all lies. Is, uh, it's all rigged. It's all rigged. Nice. Um, so yeah, so a lot, I don't know. I get a lot of enjoyment out of this. Like I, we, we've chatted about this before, uh, quite drunkenly. Actually, this is, this is funny because this is, I think one of the first episodes we've done like in, in person, person where we're not, not smashed. Drunk. God damn. Uh, this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Coffee and water. I don't so know if bad. I'm like, God damn, we're so bad generally, or I'm like, God damn, it would be awesome to be drunk right now. Yeah. No, no, no drinking this times, folks. We, we have a lot of work ahead of us. So yeah, we have we, to be. Smart, go to bed early, get, yeah. Replace the, the mezcal shots with, uh, with coffee, unfortunately. Yes. But, but yeah, the, the, the point is, you know, it's, <laughs> I joke, but it's a search for the like, the sublime. And not, not that mm -hmm. I'm saying that any of the things that I do are sublime. They're in fact quite the opposite. They're rather silly. But, you know, it's, you, it's like in search of like the nice piece of art that like brings everything together. Anyway, yeah, there is something very satisfying in finding that simple, clean pattern, yes. the simple, clean abstraction. Yes. It's a bit of an addiction. Polynomial OP and polynomial commitment, and that's it. And yeah, super simple, go. super satisfying. Nice. 
I've heard a bit about your work, and <laughs> I was trolling your profile uh, or Twitter profile yeah. rather recently. Um, but you know, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I don't want to I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. boring. Um, so I'm working on something I'm, I call sangria, and it's not because I have a drinking <laughs> issue. Like, like we you are too. So wrong. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> it's a slightly misknown thing that plonk means bad wine. Yeah. And oh so, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always it's thought like it was British a sound line. effect, plonk. I know. But actually, it's. I remember Zach telling me this that it yeah. was like plonk is like crappy wine. Mm-hmm. That's really so I got like some drinking Zach's joke some leftover like, plonk. That plonk gives me headache. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Plonk gives me headache. Oh, that's hysterical. Like his line. And so knowing that, I was working on a system where eventually you get to something called relaxed plonk. I was thinking, okay, what is relaxed plonk if not sangria? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's great. Uh, so actually, most of the work was in finding the name. Of the course. rest of it is kind of yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just happens downstream of finding the name, of course, really. Of yeah. uh, no, so <laughs> Sangria is kind of bringing the ideas from Nova, and Nova is this paper that has like mm. the kind of fastest recursion snark that we have. Bringing ideas from there, which is in the world of R1CS, into the world of Plunk. It's it's kind of what you were describing, Nova. Like, Finding the pattern, generalizing, like, yep. what is it that allowed Nova to work, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. this folding scheme, and you were talking about earlier about those, like, smashing two things together into, like, mm-hmm. a compressed instance. Nova does the same for R1CS. I was kind of looking at it. What is the pattern here? Found the pattern. Apply it to Plunk. And now we sort of have the same thing, but for Plunk. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, Nova, is it Supernova? Is it the same? Like, what's this... Because I know, the yeah. is the paper called Supernova? So there are two papers. Okay, okay. One is Nova, and then there's a follow-up called Supernova. What was the difference between those two? Okay, so Nova sort of says, if the computation you want to prove is the same function applied many, many times, you prove the first time, prove the second time, and compress them together into one. Mm-hmm. Then you prove the third time and compress that with what you already had, like this sort of running instance. And you keep going, compressing. Oh, okay. This works because it's always the same function, and you're allowed to compress when it's the same function. With Supernova, they're saying, what if the functions are different? And so they sort of describe how to do a similar thing with different functions. Interesting. So the idea now is like, if Hmm. you're trying to do a ZKVM, you don't have to have like one circuit that does the whole processor, Mm. right? You have a circuit that does part of it, and another circuit that does some other part of it. So that when you're doing cheap instructions, like adding, you can only call like the cheap circuit when you're doing like a very expensive operation you call the expensive circuit and you keep iterating through that uh sangria is essentially what we call a folding scheme and it's one of the elements that build towards nova and supernova okay so you can kind of take either of these plug out their folding scheme plug in sangria Ah. and that's it it just works Mm. folding scheme yeah what exactly is the yeah. folding scheme? So folding scheme, I think uh, Guillermo sort of touched upon it earlier. It's this idea that if you have two problems of some kind, like two Planck circuits, you can compress them into one Planck circuit. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you know like a satisfying assignment for this compressed circuit, you must have known satisfying assignments for the mm-hmm. previous two. Hmm. So you can think, or like a Sudoku, for example. I give you two Sudokus. Rather than checking that you answered both, I'm going to check a third one which you could have only answered if you had known the first Interesting. two. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Combined or, I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know how you do it for Sudoku, but okay. That makes <laughs> sense. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. That's like the, yeah, the main insight of Nova and like super clean, again, mm. super clean extraction from. This is going to be a bit of a dumb question, but like Nova, Supernova, what are they? Like, are mm-hmm. they proving systems? Are they like, where, I don't really know where in the <laughs> yeah. stack they are. Yeah. 
you know what? I'm not sure either. Um, <laughs> so no, they are. They describe like a succinct proof of incremental computation. Okay. Are they like an architecture? They are technically a snark. Okay. Like it boils down to a snark at the end. But it's sort of like the steps along the way that are interesting. Mm-hmm. And what kind of computation can you prove with those snarks? Would there be any work that, that sort of it drew on or changed from that we might oh, recognize? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this line of work is, again, what we call incrementally verifiable computation. So you have like some function f applied many, many times. Mm-hmm. And what we realize, like, all right, if I do the function f and I also have some kind of proof that I carry along and I update my proof every time, I'll be able to just check one proof at the very end rather than checking every step individually. Mm. Uh, originally, what we would do is like, all right, we have snarks. These are like super small proofs, super small verifiers. Surely that's what I should be doing, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. most efficient thing I have. So we did circuits that do snark verifiers. And like that was the first instance. Of, like that was the first time we tried it. Ah, okay. And then like the Halo people came up with an idea. They're like, okay, actually, you know what? I'm not going to do the whole snark verifier. I'm just going to do part of it in the circuit. Mm. And I'll defer some other verification to much later. And that line of work, if you keep following through, eventually we say like, oh, actually, we don't even need to prove. We'll defer proving till the very end. And that's oh. what Nova does. Nice, nice. Oh, wow. So it's on the it's on the Halo 2 kind of like Sort of, yeah. It's, it's following chain. that direction. Yeah. Interesting. I have a feeling there's this fun game that we're like kind of all playing mm-hmm. where we've come up with like, a bunch of different categories for a bunch of different things. But I guess like the paper is fundamentally like it's independent of a proving system. Fundamentally is this question of yep. like, like it uses some tricks, but, but the main thing is this idea that you can take in some instance, right. And then like it uses one math. It really has one mathematical trick. You know, yep. the doctor is a the trick that doctors don't want you to know, but that's the, that's the meat of the thing, which is like you can, kind of homogenize. Well, I guess that's, that's really yours, but yeah. I'm going to use your, your terminology for, it, yeah. for this one because it's the right abstraction, but it's fine. <laughs> um, the right TM abstraction, which is like you can homogenize system of quadratics in order to like get the this like folding result that you want in the first place. Like what, what does one call that line of work, right? Like sure, like certainly downstream of that line of work, you do get kind of this like very meaty, very useful result, but fundamentally it's like a single observation that you have here. I think we're still in sort of like complexity theory land, probably. Like, here are these problems and how do we solve these problems? Mm -hmm. Here is a problem which is a composition of problems. Mm -hmm. How do I solve that problem? So that's what we're saying. Like, here we're composing in a very specific way. Like, the output of one is fed back into the next instance, et cetera, et cetera. I'd have to think some more about it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel feel like we're we're getting up to the point where, this is also kind of getting a little bit back to the framework question, is Mm -hmm. like, once you start cleanly separating parts of systems, like your old nomenclature kind of goes out the window too, because yeah. there's a notion of like I, mean, I can now the last focus. time you've heard about a QAP, QIP, QAP. So like those were for a while like programs. Yeah, quadratic arithmetic program. Like arithmetic that, programs. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't even. For a while, like you, you had to go through that step, and in every tutorial you saw, there was a QAP in there. Interesting. They sort of disappeared today because yeah, of fine. the exact reason you're saying. Exactly. So I feel like we're getting back to yeah. that point again, but with these like, because mm. you know, yeah. what, what you do, you took an individual part of a big proving system mm-hmm. and then you cleaned it up really nicely and like, you know, you, what is it like, wiped it down and like put it back in and that was like nice and shiny. Mm. Yeah. Um, but like, what do you call that part now? <laughs> no idea. Anyways. Which I knew. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm not sure how you would call like these, these general problems, but what we could do is ask Anna. 
because I've uh, heard you've recently been enhanced. Enhanced. <laughs> I would well, say detracted, but enhanced well, seems fine. So I, yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about projects in mm -hmm. all of our worlds, uh, <laughs> this is not really my project, but I'm involved in it somehow. So I don't know. People might have seen this over on Twitter, but we, well, Kobe really created something called zkpod.ai, which is fed with all of the episodes from the show. <laughs> and you can ask it questions and get my voice to read out the answer in a terrifyingly like close simulation it's of my uncanny. actual yeah. voice. It's quite close, but it's still, to me, it still sounds as pissed off Anna or annoyed Anna <laughs> or, or why are you asking? It's kind Not of tired, tired, but I think it's like, why are you asking me this Wait, question? It's yeah. a little yeah. arrogant. Yeah. It is. It's Maybe that's so what it is. overly confident. Yeah, and it says it things sometimes that are kind of wrong. Oh, that are totally <laughs> wrong, especially in Spanish. That was very <laughs> funny. Yeah, in other languages, I mean, it's, I've, so yeah, just to give everyone a sense for what this thing actually is, <laughs> under the hood, Kobe fed it uh, transcripts from our show. Mm -hmm. And so when it's answering, it's actually drawing on knowledge that has been discussed by guests, primarily, not by me, <laughs> and, and then creates, you know, the, the answers in like, this is, uh, I, I don't actually know under the hood, We're, uh, Kobe's going to come on the show at some point, we're going to actually talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about it. Yeah, it's a chat GPT kind of similar thing. I mean, for me, it was quite terrifying to see because yeah. it answers questions seemingly confidently and maybe like I find out later, maybe not quite correctly, but seemingly <laughs> very well, questions I could never answer. Like it's my voice saying things <laughs> I can't, my brain could not come up with oh. off on the spot. I could read that, I suppose, but it's quite, it was like pretty profound to see it. I got was it like a shock to hear yourself yeah. speaking. I like mean, that? Kobe had been doing a bunch of experiments with like my voice and like some things, and he would he would kind of send me notes, being like, "I'm sorry," and then like show me <laughs> something, and I'd be like, "Ah, <laughs> what?" Oh, and so this, you got some sort of progression. Yeah, this was it, yeah. this was the one that was like he's like, you no, know, I think that so I think in the text I wrote a little piece on how I felt about oh, it when mm. I saw it, and but what he had actually written for this one was something like. I'm sorry again, because it wasn't the first one. But then he sent me kind of the full-fledged thing where you could oh, type in nice, the yeah. question, yeah. click on my name and audio and have it actually work. And I remember, I mean, first of all, part of me was like, I sound smart. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> like, that's awesome. And then I was like, oh my God, like this could be a great learning resource. Like things, mm. like it also searches in a way through the transcript right. for yeah. you and like creates these connections. And I was like, this is so brilliant. It's going to be great for people who are using our, our podcast to like learn and stuff. Mm. It might even, maybe this could write documents and all these. But then I also had like a bit of a total freak out in crisis <laughs> where I'm like, this could be mistaken for me as well. And like, I don't have full control over what this voice says, mm -hmm. which makes me nervous and like, yeah. So I, I've, and it's funny cause like we, ha we had it somewhat ready for about two weeks before we re released it mm -hmm. because I, and, and I'm really glad I had a bit of time to think about, mm -hmm. I really wanted yeah. to think about whether or not we release it this way. And like he had, said, you know, we could put a different voice, we could change it up. Right. But actually I thought it was so powerful. And especially given that like, this is the show that pe people recognize my voice from yeah. the show. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it wouldn't have been quite as crazy if it was just a standard voice. Mm -hmm. And given that there is actually, you know, audio recordings of me anyways. So we, yeah, we put it together. 
Kobe, what here was sort of the way we did it though. Kobe also put his own voice. Right. Yeah. This was a way that I think it definitely felt like people can choose. They can also mm-hmm. choose text. It's not always me. I do have to say your voice is a lot more realistic than Kobe's. Yeah, he turned <laughs> British yeah. for yeah. some reason. It's very strange. I still haven't listened to the Kobe version of this. I've listened yeah. to exactly one transcript of you slightly answering. Cursed. Slightly cursed. Is it slightly cursed? cursed? Okay, yeah. okay. But I got to do it. I feel like yeah. it's sort of fire right now. And yeah, so you can now put also different language. Like I, if you ask it a question in French, it will answer oh. in French. However, I speak French. And that voice speaks bad French. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it speaks French. Like if you're an Anglophone who barely, who's right. like reading so it has an accent. French. It, no, yeah, it sounds like wow. sounds oh, like lazy French to me. It's yeah. sort of like je ne sais quoi, blah blah. Like it's still <laughs> the because you know the language they took it from English. Right. Like yeah. it's so it. And I guess maybe the timbre of my voice changes a bit when I speak French. Is that possible? It's probably yes. Yeah, I think people have it. very different voices in yeah. different on languages. On peut laisser. Est-ce que c'est oh, différent maintenant? Ah! Right. Uh, uh, Nico, on peut en fait dire. Wow. Je crois que c'est, ça se peut que je, je parle avec un... Ben, c'est vraiment une différente partie de ma bouche, ouais. c'est sûr. Je ne suis pas sûre si c'est... Si même le voix ou comme... Si, je crois que je vais un peu plus bas en français. Oui, ta voix, c'est un peu... L'intonation est différente. Ouais, Effectivement, ouais. par exemple, l'anglais, c'est une langue qui se parle... Vraiment, genre at the front of the mouth, yeah, whereas yeah, French yeah. is like at the back. So exactly. I just realized, yeah. like, we should probably no, I, say, I feel like I just like, like <laughs> step into an alternate reality where like Google Translate just turned on. And I'm like, oh God, how do I turn it off? I, I set the menu wrong. What did I do? Yeah. I realized maybe your listeners don't want to hear us rumble in French. No, 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 this is languages. Right. Well, this is it. good because we'll feed this into the model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, this is awesome. Maybe they'll get my French right yeah. eventually. But yeah, and my Spanish, to me, I'm like, wow, I sound great. But I bet you I sound I, like an English person speaking Spanish. I am very curious. I have not, when I tried it, I tried feeding it. Well, first things first, I got the like the classical canonical example of like how do I explain a zero knowledge proof to like a five year old. Mm-hmm. Actually, I did to how do I explain a five year of ZKP to my grandma? But, oh, okay, okay. Um, it a got it completely wrong in Spanish. Like it just like like it said something like <laughs> that sounded vaguely right, but totally nonsensical. And then uh, the service went down, and I could not actually well, you, hear. You could try it now. And, uh, yeah, no, yeah. now now it's uh, I'm I'm here. I'm curious to hear yeah. cursed uh, Spanish Anna. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be great. <laughs> I want to say, even in English, my voice is not exactly correct. And the thing right. I've noticed is yes. sometimes I'm saying a word that sounds really American. <laughs> yes. And like, yes. I don't have, I, I think I have sort of a generic North American accent, but uh. I am from Canada <laughs> and there are like super subtle ways that I'll say a word differently. But yeah. I, I do wonder if it's like, it's possible that there have been variations a little in how I'd say a word and it. Like, yeah, I don't know why it picks this like American. Style. It could also just be right, like the model is probably mm-hmm. trained, unlike yep. pure American, city slicker American. You know mm. the yeah. way we all speak it as, right now, <laughs> but like plus or minus of variations, then it doesn't pick up yeah. on those like like nuances yeah. of the pronunciation because it has like a very like like whatever. I don't Definitely. want to say hard. So like a heavyweight. Kobe almost. tried to train the same model on uh, a colleague's voice who's uh, Serbian and who who speaks with like. An Eastern European accent, and that was completely off. Like, it, yeah. Oh, it just it, that, it like did not his get voice. his voice. It didn't get Kobe's either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this this thing is kind kind of fine tuned for American. That's why I was saying yeah. like it has an accent, I guess, when it speaks French, because maybe it has like I mean, somehow incorporated like these sounds. I, I think know. it's English sounds trying yes. to speak French. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which is what an accent is. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I ZK that. coming into this, like in your post, you talk about like wanting to be able to prove that it is yeah. you indeed speaking and not like they say I. So I think that's what made this 
also, I felt like it was actually a really kind of important experiment to share because, Mm -hmm. I mean, the reaction I had was kind of Mm. visceral. Like I had a bit of a crisis. I'm still having a bit of a crisis. (laughs) I'm still like, is this thing going to replace me? And what does that mean to be doing a job in the future? Like, Mm. and part of me is like, how could I use it? Maybe it's awesome. Maybe it could like help. All right, can't be more. bothered to record this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, okay, uh, Pod, can you do it? Or like, yeah, just get it to, to read stuff for me. I don't know, like, <laughs> I have to read stuff You sometimes. just drop one in there and see if anyone notices oh the difference and you just don't say anything. You can make yeah. audiobooks. Ooh, that's big brain. But, but as an experiment, I also thought it's kind of crazy that like we did it on this show, because you could do this to any show, yeah. right. right? Any topic, whatever. But like in recent episodes, we've talked about how ZK could be like, a bit of a solve for proving like deep fakes versus mm-hmm. actual footage. Like you can actually, you can mm-hmm. use ZKPs to prove provenance of like images, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you could use ZK to prove provenance of audio if there was something like an attested sensor in the mm-hmm. microphone, mm-hmm. which means like the microphone itself starts to make a signature saying like this was recorded at this time. That's I think the yeah. closest you can get to like getting a voice mm-hmm. into something mm-hmm. that would be attested and like for sure true and correct and not fake. Is that enough though? Could I play ZK pod through a speaker and have a microphone next to it? There's actually fun techniques to distinguish between really? real. Okay. Yeah, so that this is a kind of popular thing. I mean, maybe not post, actually even post editing, I think it's the case. I didn't know this, but like, you know, when you like go and you submit your photos to a like competition, you actually don't submit just the like, edited photo you actually submit the original raw file mm. and there are like people whose entire job <gasps> it is to figure out if you doctored the raw file wow. to make it wow. look better than it actually is and it, there's like very clear signs interesting but i don't know how you could you know probably the, the same applies to i, I suspect so as yeah. well mm. with sound um well so this attested sensor thing it actually like we talked about it in the context of cameras right. and photos mm-hmm. and i don't know if attested sensors exist in microphones yet Apparently, like it, it, there is some trade-off. I think it's something expensive somewhere. Like, there's some reason why you don't have it everywhere. Right. You'll definitely have some latency. You need to do some cryptography on it immediately. So, That's right. Yeah. yeah. But um, this experiment, this thing existing, all of a sudden, I was like, well, that idea of the deep fake versus the real, that all of a sudden becomes very, very real because now there is constantly going to be little clips of me talking mm-hmm. that I've never said and could be slightly <laughs> wrong, and I would like to be able to say, yeah, that is fake. And I mean, here is why here, this here's, is, this is true. These are real things. Or like just being able to like put a stamp being like, this is real content. So you can already do that, you know, take a signature scheme, right? Yeah. You go like make a private public key pair, post your public key, which is, I think this is pretty cool. I think this would yeah. probably be the first podcast to do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, maybe not. It's, that's, that's a very strong claim nowadays, mm-hmm. but, and then what you do is you just sign all of your recordings and you're like, yeah. This is Anna certified. Yeah, yeah. I am chilling. Yeah. This is me. Yes. Guaranteed TM, Whoa. 100% organic, fair trade content. Sort of. we're, we're trusting her. We're it's trusting guaranteed her, that she attested it. But yes. right, right. maybe Anna is using the AI to record oh, episodes. This and is true. she's <laughs> signing them and not telling us. She could. This is true. She could be. Also, maybe it's just you and I in a room and zkpod.ai. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's all been fake. Yeah. Wait, oh. Even my. even the attested sensor one, I, I do want to kind of finish that thought because that is just like, that would be on the raw, right? If we did a signature mm-hmm. on the no. thing. But what it where it becomes interesting is like through an editing process, right. still being able to prove yeah. provenance of that original, like mm-hmm. the link back to the original file. Yeah. That is something that I think would be 
Super interesting. That's definitely super cool. I, I don't this know is more like- if I really need that. But it's like maybe the signature <laughs> is just enough for now. But it's like, but like on some level, I did start to think like proving something's authentic. Mm-hmm. Proving something comes actually from me. Yeah. Like right. that would be something that all of a sudden I think I need, which I never thought would be. Yeah. yeah. No, the signature might even be overkill in the yeah. sense that very few people are actually going to go and check it. Right. Uh, That's right. Well, you could just, you know, have it for fun and then have your, you, yeah. you, could, you could make it a, a little JS script that like, yeah. you play an episode and then you check it with, uh, with the public <laughs> signature. That would be cool. Fair, hey, yeah. that would be cool. should but we the do point it? Is, po- yeah, you should Next do it. Next ZK think. hack. Yeah. Should I All hack right. that? You should hack it. I, I right. believe in you. That's going to be great. Thanks, yeah. I mean, you just like, you know, you sign the final edited recording, post it on the side and say, All right, here's, here's the, you know, the public key. It's mm. great. Go check it if you, if, if you dare. Yeah. So, but as mentioned, I know that like we do want to do an episode where we dig into exactly what that is. Mm. A lot of the ideas that I know Kobe's had for like things we can do better. Mm -hmm. One of the issues I would say is like the transcripts for this show. Unfortunately, like, you know, we've been, I think we've done over like 150, (laughs) but often they've been generated by like a transcript maker, edited by a person, but not always a technical person. And so there's mistakes in it. And I tried to do a lot of the early ones and, and I had a few people on, on the team who were able to do really, really good Mm -hmm. ones. But, um, we are actually one of our big projects for the new, for, for April, for the new quarter is basically to find ways to crowdsource better transcripts. Cause we need, we need eyes on this. I think people who just read our transcripts probably constantly are seeing these annoying things. I mean, imagine all these like weird names that we have, all yeah. these acronyms, like I don't blame, yeah. like the, the folks I have like, are doing these transcripts are amazing. The, right. like, it makes the English grammar great. Mm. It's just, there are so many industry specific things yep. and it's so such like, you have to be so focused. So, so yeah, so far we haven't kind of found the perfect formula, but. So I rarely listen, actually, I think I've listened to one CK podcast episode. Sorry, maybe I shouldn't have put oh, this on air. You're a transcript Shame reader one. guy? Uh, so I mostly <gasps> read the transcripts, oh. and that's how I realize that I slur when I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it doesn't get it? It's because sometimes there's like inaudible or like I have Ooh. no idea. You know, like essentially like there's oh, no. something that, yeah. that like kind of half maps to the right uh-huh. thing, but mm. not quite. So anyways, um, th- that would be the crowdsourcing yeah. transcripts would be pretty I trying. know. I think, I mean, we're going to really try to do that. So yeah, anyone listening, if you are more reading, like you're more of a transcript reader and you've noticed super annoying things in our transcripts, <laughs> one, I'm sorry. <laughs> Two, we now realize this is a bigger issue than we thought because it's not just people reading it and seeing something wrong. When we feed it into a model, it also gets stuff wrong. Oh, that's very funny. And it doesn't make some connections. And yeah, I mean, we have to fix it in a way for that to become more mm-hmm. accurate yeah. mm-hmm. and to be a more powerful thing. But yeah, like as mentioned, we'll do, I'll do a full, a full one on that. I don't want to actually reveal too much because mm. like Kobe should be on the one we do yeah, so he yeah, can share sure. more about, especially about the plans. Just thinking about like, you know, latest ZK news, mm-hmm. I want to ask the two of you, who is the realist ZK EVM? Oh no, <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, actually, uh, it's we started out the hackathon. Uh, ZK the, hack. That's we saw the first ZK 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 EVM. Oh, that was yes. very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was Aztec Connect. So it was Aztec Connect being deployed on Scroll. Hilarious. Yep. Um, <laughs> with some caveats, so obviously, but yeah, it's it's a funny idea. That's like, wicked. Um, yeah, we are. I mean, recently there's been obviously a lot of conversation <laughs> about the what yeah. a ZK EVM is. I think it might be worth exploring once again. I mean, just as a note, if people are curious about these 
roll-ups and stuff. In 2021, I think I did a series on all of the major mm-hmm. roll-ups at the time. Oh, and I, I mean, I think a lot of the architecture was already set then. So it might be interesting. I'll try to dig them up. Like that mm-hmm. just might be interesting for folks to read or to to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> or read. Or read. Potentially. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Now all of a sudden I'm like, no one actually listens. All, <laughs> Everyone reads. Everyone's oh, reading no. and it's all wrong. Oh no. <laughs> that would be interesting to try to figure out the percentage of like, quote unquote, listeners who are actually not oh, listening but reading. Yeah. I, I don't know how to Does do that record, though. Does it record? Like if you I don't read. think I have a stat. Like I don't think you I can, can do a little see. Poll, see yeah, happens. I should do a poll. Yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. So I've definitely read way more than I've listened to. Wow. Yeah. Like a lot. Like actually Whoa. I mostly read them. Wow. I know Giorgio's told me he did too, and he didn't listen to them. So yeah. I know two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know two readers now. Oh, no. But okay, with respect to the ZKVM thing, Kobe brought up something interesting the other day on Twitter, which we sort of lost track of why we were doing ZKVM. <laughs> like, it was supposed to be a segue from like, we have a lot of Solidity contracts that exist. Can we pour those into like something scalable? Mm. Yeah, let's just make sure that our scaling solution is compatible with the EVM. If it is just like a transition period, well, why do we care so much so strongly now, mm. right? Like, it's supposed to be, like, temporary. There's a fundamental question, right? Like, I think the assumptions are, like, twofold, right? One of them is this is a temporary thing. It's mm. going to exist over the next five or ten years. And then, you know, post that, you're just going to use, like, languages which are designed to be ZK and efficient for ZK and things like that. There's also a second point, which is EVM and associated tooling has reached, like, escape velocity, and it's going to be the next JavaScript, mm. right? Like thing that Solidity. no one really likes to do. <laughs> yeah, like Solidity is just going to be like, wow. like mm. JavaScript. It's a thing no one really likes to do. Everyone agrees that it mostly sucks mm-hmm. uh, for any variety of num- like reasons. But like, you know, we're still stuck with it. And like we have TypeScript, which is like this like very complicated type system. But like just like what, is, what does it do? It compiles down to JavaScript, yeah. right? Mm. And like sure, it gives you more guarantees. But like at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's like you've stuck with a little smiley face on like the the, the monster, <laughs> like the eldritch monster with like all the eyes and stuff. And it's like, sure, like we could pretend it's like much nicer, but fundamentally you still have the monster in the back. So I don't know. This is so there, there's there's so you think we're married to the EVM and like yeah, this that's is it. an interesting perspective. I, I don't know if I fully agree with. I don't that. know. I mean, I don't know if I agree with it. I'm just saying like that like yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, is yeah. a reasonable the, the, yeah, the argument. I actually, the the answer is I have no clue. I actually have. Not that much of an opinion on it, but I actually have no clue. I'm just like, I mean, it, someone told me this, and I was like, oh, actually, that that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. you, you could imagine that, like, crap, here we go, JavaScript number two. And it's like, you know, now maybe with Wasm, we're like, yeah. maybe going to start yeah. getting divorced from that, but it's going to take a long time. And JavaScript's been around since, you know, whatever uh, whatever his name is, made it up on a weekend and was like, ah, oh, yes, this is going to be, like, our stepping stone language mm-hmm. for, like, oh. the web, right? And yeah. here we are, like, you know, writing... Like our processors have like specific instructions that like all they do is like convert certain numbers from like JavaScript formats to not. So it's like wow. we have like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like at this point it's like etched into the hardware, right? It's yeah. rather unfortunate. Will JavaScript never be replaced? It seems that if things go the right way, TM and things like that, <laughs> you could imagine that like Wasm itself becomes like the new kind of, uh, what do we call it? neutral computing yeah. like intermediate language like i want to i'm not going to call javascript or, like, but like language. still right now people are writing javascript and compiling it down to wasm that's right, right. like that's right it's still the same wow. fundamental problem yeah. so i don't know yeah and it's like you know wasm is like kind of a weird intermediate thing mm-hmm. that like you can kind of compile ahead of time 
or just in time or things like that. But it's it's still like weird, right? It's not like without its own like mm. kind of you know crevices and question cracks. for you. Is oh, it no. wasm or is it wasm? Wasm. Because it's web assembly. Oh assembly. Yeah. Assembly. Assembly. Wasm. I think wasm sounds wasm. Yeah. wasm sounds cooler. I feel really bad because I actually cannot but distinguish it's not between those A's. Assembly. Assembly? And what's assembly. The assembly. Assembly. I, I literally Web like assembly. Assembly. I make wasm. different like wasm. <laughs> wasm. Yeah, I say wasm. Yeah. Wasm, yeah. I say wasm. I would like to say wasm. Like a wasp. Wasp, wasm, exactly. like it's the same sort of type yeah. Wait, of word. Wasm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, I guess it's like a more nasal yeah. accent, but it's just, it, it, I don't know. I just mapped them to the same thing. Like in my, in my brain, it just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a whole, yeah, anyways. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we figured out nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we could all agree on But I on finally got was. to talk about that. I think I had talked about it on another episode recently. We're like halfway through Is the show. Is that what show. you show up at nights? <laughs> no, but it's like, I want to say it right. But halfway through the show, I switched from one. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but on, like on purpose. Um, but it's a little weird. Just to mess with the zkpod.ai. Of course. It's of course. all to it's mess all with that now. Good for this one. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think we're going to have to sign off pretty soon, mm -hmm. uh, heading to a speaker dinner for yeah. ZK Summit. ZK Summit starts tomorrow. By the time this show comes out, I think the videos should be out too. So mm -hmm. you'll be able to check out what we did tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what we today. did tomorrow. I don't oh know. My. Anyway, that's very complicated. But yeah, so <laughs> we'll, we'll try to add that to the show notes. Um, but yeah, is there anything else we should say before we sign off? I'll put in a shameless plug. Oh. oh, yes. So we talked at the beginning of the show about like the music and the band. The band. It's not like I, I completely you know left it. Still very much play <laughs> with them and we're still playing shows. And we're releasing an album like three, four days after recording. So probably by the time you hear this, like the album is online. Oh, wow. So, you know. Check what? us out on Spotify, dude. What's the um, name? Check out my SoundCloud. What's yeah. what's the name of your band? Smash that like button. Uh, smash the like button. <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, the name of the band is HMLTD. Cool. Yeah. We'll try to add that too if we can yeah, send it over yeah, to sure. us. Uh, Nico, it was really fun having you on the show it for the first time. It was being on the podcast for the yeah. first time. It was, it was so awesome. It was Gero, such a banger. It's yeah. always fun to record in person. Yeah, it it's definitely rare, is. But it's very fun. It's I'm so fun. Yes. And... Uh, Thank you to the podcast team, Henrik, Tanya, and Rachel. And to our listeners, thanks for listening.